people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time good morning on this monday morning i hope you're all doing well and safe welcome back to another edition of the dg podcast the deluded podcast the really and truly podcast people i always appreciate your support and if you're listening to this based on the fact that my voice is gone if you're an arsenal fan that's an extra double whammy as well i've got nothing but admiration for you guys and as usual i hope you yourselves and your family members are all in good spirits and all in good health and obviously it's monday regardless of what's happened last week both in football terms and in your life forgive yourself for what's happened last week let's try and crush it you know let's try and have a good week to you know we can all move closer towards our goals for the rest of the year and also for the rest of the week um because i'm big on that and you know i wish you all prosperous futures now i'm not gonna lie to you people this weekend's been a mazzolini i don't should i address the elephant in the room first and foremost we all know arsenal lost we're gonna get onto it every game is a next stab to my heart um i, I i'm serving a one match one match ban probably Probably all of it, people, really and truly. I'm serving a one-match ban in Sunday League. A club self-imposed fine. There's a lot of um, ban apologies. There's a lot of politics surrounding my football club. And it might be begin- beginning like, the beginning of the end. They might be trying to get a guy out of here. But nonetheless, you know, I might have lost my captaincy or whatever, but I still come and support the boys, you know. Support my 11, roaring them on, shouting them on. And the only thing I regret is shouting too much because my voice is gone now, people. And it's quite upsetting when literally I'm the worst person to, to have to go through losing their voices because i got to make content like speaking with you lot. Now, wait in a dog. Like, I don't know where we get people. I don't know where we, where we got to the last time I spoke about Arsenal and was ranting and raving. I don't know where we're going at this point but so let's cut straight to the chase 10 man arsenal were defeated a goal to nil not that that meant anything yeah we could say in 11 men it could have been this and if and bops i don't care about ifs and bops facts are steady steady and free fall 15th place five points off the top a man said top i wish off relegation it's a fact you're not there by mistake Everyone at this football club needs to take accountability. The owner doesn't give a shit, pardon my language, but he does. The people below him need to. Arteta, you can't just sit here and blame players and new pro and say trust the process. Give us something to trust. We don't see the tactics. We keep seeing you retain faith in poor players and they keep disrespecting you. Um, you lot know me, I'm Hayland FC. No one would be happier than me seeing 11, 10, 11 Arsenal, Hayland Academy young boys running up and down, trying to put in a shift and have a future. We all know that is naive, but at the same time, would they do any worse than these experienced players? And I know there's rumours of ball, of, of Louise and all of these things bust up with Arteta. These players are going to get you the sack. You're putting players that can't fight, won't fight or don't know how to fight. Time and time again, Bellerin is disrespecting you. Xhaka, again, selfish act. No need to get that red card. And I've been there. I'm a hothead like Xhaka. Ask anyone that plays with me on a Sunday. I'm a hothead. I'm like Xhaka. I sympathise with him. But at that moment, you need to, you've put yourself and your own ego and flexing your muscles and puffing out your chest higher than, than, than the club, you know. Where's he going? You, you, Xhaka made the right call in actually bringing down the tactical foul. The one time Xhaka's being slow and cumbersome had benefits, yeah? You've put your 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 teammates, you you as captain, you're not captain anymore, but you're captain, so you're one of the leaders, quote-unquote, in this team, right? Yeah? These boys are training with you week in, week out, facing the same scrutiny that you're facing week in, week out, the same question marks, you know? They're meant to be your brothers. You've let them down. You've made their tasks. 10 times harder you've not thought yo let me be calm you know this guy's just just on a power trip there's no need to bone out 
we're trying to end, you know, we're staring down the barrel of four consecutive home defeats. And again, more negative statistics. Let me calm down. But instead, in that moment, you didn't pick your teammate or the manager, you know, you picked yourself. And for Arteta, Arteta has to, you know, you have to call Arteta a dud because, he, again, Xhaka owes him nothing. Nobody told you to bring Xhaka back in from the wilderness. It was fantastic. You know, you got Xhaka playing well. It showed your man management, you know. But he's not showing the same fight for you. And to, the, to a degree, he doesn't owe you nothing. He never told you to bring him back in. You keep playing, you know, I thought we turned a corner in that Xhaka is being dropped sort of thing. Now you're bringing him back in the lineup. Is it any coincidence this has happened the last two games? There's gaps in midfield. You started him against Spurs, sucked. You started him yesterday, sucked, you know. I keep hearing about you got to do it in training, you got to do it in a match. There's non-negotiables. What non-negotiables is Xhaka showing? Because there, no, there was fight in the wrong aspect. There was no fight. There was no in, in, um, determination. There's no consistency. What's going on? You know, William, again, it doesn't matter whether these players are playing good. They're starting week in, week out. And they're playing woeful. And it's another free transfer that's turned out to be expensive. You know, Arteta, I'm still not seeing a blueprint. I'm still not seeing you have a clue. They're still aimlessly crossing. Why are you putting in consistent crosses against a well-drilled defensive unit like Burnley? It's panic. It's desperation. It screams to me you're out of ideas, you know. Players need to, and again, I might be focusing on Xhaka, but again, every 11 players, which players can say you must work? You know, because the same old, it's the same old Bakayo Saka, the same old Gabriel, the same old Tini. You know, off the field, I'm seeing Tini and Gabriel talk more. These men have been at this club for two seconds. Why are they showing more what it means to be to be like an Arsenal than you? Some of you have been allowed to just, just coast at this club. Everybody, none of you got heart, none of you got desire, none of you want it consistently. This was, it was a terrible game. You know, the goal you conceded, absolutely terrible. You know, you let yourself down from a set piece. It's our first that we've conceded from a set piece. But same way, these 10 days, this is when you can't afford to concede from set piece. You conceded that against Burnley, Southampton with Vestergaard to come. You've probably, what, Everton, Calvert-Lewin, fair enough, you might not say set pieces, but aerial threats. Stand up to be counted. At least, we, you know, Aubameyang, I kept Aubameyang in my fantasy league because he scored the most goals against Burnley, you know. Think he's, I think he's not scored that much. He's forgotten which net to pull it in the back of the net. And, you know, he's probably cost my FPL. Aubameyang's in free fall. You know, Saka is looking more like the experienced players. Gabriel and Tini been here two seconds. It's, it's, it's an 11 players, so I'm not going to blame everyone, but it's the same old. We're talking about the same old Williams, the same old Bellerins. It's 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 woeful. Like it's Credit to Burn, Burnley, because like I said, they're going to come here and say, you know what, our season starts today. You know, our season starts today. Arsenal are a soft touch. You take what you score one goal against them, you know what to expect. And again, I'm not here to keep talking about the same old tactical issues and tactical reasons for us losing the game, people, because it is well, it is in that regards. But these lads showed you they've got no fight, they've got no heart, they've got no desire, they've got no integrity. And again, they've got no loyalty. They're not loyal to themselves. They don't have self-respect or you wouldn't put in these performances and behave the way you do if you did have self-respect. You know, they've got no loyalty. Some of them are probably, listen, Arteta's got all the problems. I'm tired of speaking about Arteta. The man needs to fix up or fuck off. Pardon my language. But they're hiding behind Arteta. They're hiding because they know it's another manager with another question mark. Some of these men are under contract for the last next couple of years. If you've got a couple of years on your contract and you look at the scrutiny Arteta and the club is under in the next fixtures, who's probably going to be here longer? These players are pretenders. They did it under Una Emery where he came in, there was an uptake in performance. They said he's such a great manager, boom, boom, boom. Now you're hearing he's lost their he lost the dressing room. The same rumours are coming out today with Arteta. So And, and that might be true, but these players are allowed to coast. They hide behind their, their young teammates. They hide behind Arteta. They hide behind the failings of people above them they don't stand up to be counted when you've got no self-respect and no accountability in yourself you're pissed 
you know. And that's one thing. Arsenal don't have any divine right to win anything, to challenge for anything. But what I want to see, like I'm seeing with every fucking football team that we're losing to, they're looking like a football team. Man are fighting. I saw Burnley fighting for a collective goal. You know, they were trying to put their season right. I saw Leeds trying not to lose a third game after losing back-to-back. Villa the same. Leicester, Wolves, you know. Leicester, Wolves, Burnley have come here and, you know, they've they've ruined statistics in a positive way and, and, and won at home. For Arsenal, I always talk about legacy. Every game for every player should be trying to cement a legacy or leave a bit of history. You're leaving negative history. Some of you, now your lot's names are attached to Arsenal's worst start to the season, worst start after three games, worst start after four games, failing to score. These are, these are, these, you lot are good. That's going to be here for the rest of your lives and beyond. None of you really, really want to achieve anything. None of you. You've got 26 five-year-olds turning 26 in Bellerin, starting every week whether he's playing well or not. And I have to get at Arteta because I feel, you know, Arteta's to blame as well based on this game. Should have clipped Xhaka. Xhaka should have been clipped at half-time. 50 minutes minimum. Bring on Ceballos. I, I told you I would have went with El Nene and Ceballos today, you know. Any coincidence, Xhaka's done dumb shit and been sent off. Bellerin, you know, when 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 the ten men happened and you said William go in the ten, um, when when we got reduced to ten men, sorry, and you said William go in the ten and Sabios and El Nene behind him, and you clearly said Bell, um, what's it? Maitland Niles provide the whip as as Burnley would probably sit back. I mean, Bellerin, <clears throat> why not bring on Maitland Niles? <clears throat> Bellerin is like you saw. Bellerin is stressed out, man. Bellerin's lacked that acceleration. He's trying to get past, man. He's not going nowhere. He's woeful defensively. The only thing Bellerin didn't do is give away a, uh, is give away a foul throw. Our right hand side is non-existent. We're starving. You know I can't understand how Maitland now Cedric Nelson Pepe none of these guys these don't deserve more of a chance than the tried and tested failure of Hector not developing Bellerin and William. You know who is extremely brainless. You know William's a joke man. He's a joke man. I don't like questioning man's integrity, but I have to. You know, you don't want to... You, you're not playing football like... You know, you're 32 years of age. You're not playing football like I've only got three, four years left. You're playing like I'm comfortable. I've got my big boy contract at Arsenal. I'm probably getting bonuses and signing on fees. You know, it's the gang. We've got all the man them at the club. You know, the expectations aren't here. You know, why do you think he played better? There's a bit of pressure on him at Chelsea consistently. There's no pressure here. Right-hand side's ex- non-existent. <clears throat> I'm a big advocate of El Nene, but El Nene very limited. Xhaka, just a terrible player stuck with bad habits and a lack of self-awareness. Lacazette in that 10, he put himself around, but, you know, Lacazette should have scored, you know. we Yeah, in the first half, we was getting forward and we was having shots. But again, it's possession for the sake of possession, not trying to penetrate. We're having efforts, like seven in the first half or seven after 30 minutes, but only once hit the target and that one was a tame Lacazette effort. You know, we're still putting in pointless crosses. Against another well-jet engine unit, I think we would. I thought we should have learned that going against Jose Mourinho Spurs or New Nose Wolves, bit suicidal, isn't it? You know, it's insanity, insanity. You know, we're doing the same things and expecting different results. You know, you're not playing like a team that badly wants to get back to winning ways. You love losing. You've got a fetish for failure. That's all I have to assume because you love this. Because you don't go down fighting. If we was losing these games, but man could say, yo. We're trying, they're fighting, they're this and that. No, how I shouldn't have to question your heart as a fucking professional footballer. You've got everything you could ask for. Everything. Everything. You know, you're working all week, you know. What, what You can't blame naive fans or fans for saying you don't care or you're not working in training because what are we seeing? Correct me if I'm wrong, people, but playing on a Saturday, Sunday, that's the byproduct, right, of what you've been working on all week, yeah? Game plan, all of that. What the fuck are you lot working on? 
Cause you lot come at this is what annoys me. We bring every game before every day before the game, they come out with these you Arsenal come out with these lovely YouTube clips where you know people and shout Balogun because he looked good in the clips of this week. People are doing shooting practice and all of this. People are Instagramming and tweeting. We're focused. We're trying to put things right. But when we're losing, I'm seeing young players come to the floor. Why am I seeing Gabriel and Tierney come out? Shout out to Tierney for his mentality with the Celtic thing. And Gabriel's shown on nothing but hunger since he's come here. And Saka generally. But where were these men 18 months ago? Realistically. Fair enough. Like over 18 months ago. Two years ago. Let's call it that. Gabriel weren't here. Tierney weren't here. Saka wasn't part of the first team. So why did these men get it more than you? Some of you that have played under different managers time and time again. Time and time and time and time again. Xhaka. Bellerin. Holden. You know. Leno. You know. Lacazette, Aubameyang, you know, look at all the team. I don't know, I'm just listing them to make a point. Mustafi was on the bench and played no part, you know. Bunch of fucking pretenders, you man, a joke, man. Man, a joke, man. Joke, man. You don't got, listen, if this is what I say, people, if you ain't got self-respect, if you don't respect yourself, if you don't respect yourself, how can I, how can you play for the fans? How? 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 Because they love it. They've got a fetish for losing. They love it. They love it. So apologies, people. I'm, I'm, that's actually a good. That, that's actually a good, a good, a, a good topic for a video, man. Why did they get? It? You know they have to. I have to assume you accept losing. You love it because you just accept it. You just accept it. You don't improve. You just talk worse. Too much lip service at this club from management, from people above management, and these players. I'd rather you just shut up and show me. Just shut the f up and show me. You, you people, you loan me people. I don't like to rant and rave and be that guy, but sometimes it brings it out. Like, I don't get it. There's no substitute for applying your maximum. You're cheating yourselves. You know, that's the most important thing. You're cheating yourselves because when the dust is settled, when you have that shower and you go home and you turn off the internet and you're about to shut your eyes, any person that wants to be anything, what, what is said, people, your conscience hits you. And too often they're not. These men, I don't know if their conscience keeps them up at night. I don't know if... I have to question their integrity. I have to question their desire. I have to question their hunger. I have to question, do they really want legacy? You know, because you're disrespecting your family's names. That's your family's names on the back of your shirt. And it's attached to failure. I type in Granite Xhaka, what am I going to see on Google? I type in Bellerin, what am I going to see on you on Google? I love Aubameyang, I type in his name, what am I going to see? I type in Lacazette, what am I going to see? I type in Leno, what am I going to see? I type in Saka, Gabriel, Tini, what am I going to see? And that's the fucking difference with this football club. And, and this is what annoys me. You know how the club, the club's been in poor form, bringing out lovely loose tracksuits. The tracksuits are lovely. See how the man them were wearing it before the game. It looks all nice. And they knew to bring it out because they knew they was losing. They thought, yeah, let's get some orders at halftime. Joltness. And what makes it? And the fans as well. Like the fans as well. You know, you got fans just doing bare nonsense on social media, trying to get engagement, forcing the ranting and the raving. You know how it gets, people. You know how it gets. For some people, Arsenal losing is great because it means views. I, I Don't get it twisted. More views and more exposure is great, but I don't want to be you lot preying my content for losing. I love my football club. Forget all of this crap. Let's move away from that, though. And for West Ham, you know, they're doing their thing. They came back from behind against Leeds, away from home, showing the team how you actually get into a game and play against Leeds. You know, Obona and Suchek, courtesy of a Suchek equaliser in the 25th minute and Obona in the 80th, cancelled out Glitch's penalty. So it's another loss for Leeds um, and it is what it is. Leeds have lost both of their last two league games despite scoring the first goal, um, you know, so holding on to the lead, being tough to break down. These are things for Bielsa's men to go back to the drawing board. It's also Leeds' third defeat in sixth home games, Premier League games this season, where they've drawn two um, and won one, which I 
Yeah, that's what it said. I don't know why Embraer said that. And it said as many as they lost in 23 championship games. West Ham have earned 20 points from their 12 league games this season. Only in 2015-16 have they hit the 20, 20 point mark sooner. Make of that what you will. So I'm sure David Moyes will love that. There was talk of him signing a new deal, but it's gone. Now, the Midlands derby between Aston Villa and Wolves had it all, man. There was a hell of a amount of bookings. You had Jao Matinho sent off. You know, it was it was a cra- it was a crazy game, people. You know, you had a last minute penalty from El Ghazi, and apparently El Ghazi's had to cancel his social media account. I'm not too sure, but alleged abuse from fans, which is upsetting. Um, obviously, you had um, Louise sent off for Aston Villa as well, and like I said, a ridiculous amount of bookings. Shout out to Jacob Ramsey as well. You know, Aston Villa. You know, Aston Villa got Jacob. They got Aaron namesake of the actual Welsh one and they've got young Cole in their academy so they've got a decent amount of young players and he, I think he did alright from what I saw you know struggled to assert himself but it is what it is Martinez was quality and you know Arsenal clearly sold the wrong goalkeeper Newcastle played West West Bromwich Albion the guy who used to play for my football team he's a footballer because of his last name Darnell Furlong struck in the 50th minute before that Almerignon and I think he's made history um, by scoring the second quickest Premier League goal. Um, and with that, you know, Gale came back to haunt his former club. Well, his former, his, I sure he's played for West Brom at a time where he's been on loan there. Either way, Dwight Gale struck in the 82nd minute to snatch three points for Newcastle. I'm sure you all saw the Manchester derby, nil-nil. Let's be real, it weren't the most amazing of games. But I'm sure, I'm sure most, um, I'm sure, listen, realistically, a point does neither for both teams, you know. It doesn't... Man City are behind United. United, I'm sure, want to keep winning. But you have to live to fight another day. And I'm sure when the dust settles, both sets of fans and the players, you'll take a point. Obviously, Kyle Walker, he's a good player, but he does love a penalty. His bacon was saved because of... um because um Rashford, I believe, was offside in the build-up. I didn't think it was a penalty, even if, even if it wasn't. Rashford's playing for that, but... It is what it is in that regards. Uh, Manchester United unbeaten against Manchester City in three games in all competitions, which is their best run um, without defeat against them since March 2016. Manchester City have failed to score in two consecutive away league games for the first time since January 2017. Manchester United have kept three consecutive clean sheets against Manchester City in all competitions for the first time since a run of four in October 1995, where I was a couple of months old. Shout out to all my 95 babies out there. Moving away from that, Everton, who, you know, we've got to go to on Saturday, courtesy of a Gilfie Sigurdsson penalty because of um, Chelsea's keeper, Mendy. It was a pen, but I thought it was a bit harsh. They took all three points, you know, and it was an even game like you saw. Chelsea did have chances. I mean, Reese James, to be fair, if your right back or your full back is having more opportunities or looking like the biggest goal scorer or likely, likely to start happening, you know, I guess people have to go back to the drawing board, but it's a big three points for Everton at home and they should be full of confidence. I'm not too sure who they play in midweek, <clears throat> but I know Saturday evening they play against Arsenal. And if you can beat Chelsea at your place, you should be relishing a free and Arsenal, which is in free flow. I think Havertz had a bit of a so-so game. Obviously, it was nice to see Adjarin on the bench for Chelsea and Billy Gilmore got a couple minutes. Um, You know, there's a lot of competition for, for midfield, midfield spots. Now, moving away from that, Crystal Palace showed everything Arsenal didn't, you know. They drew 1-1 with Spurs and to be fair, both teams, well, Spurs could have wrapped it up in the first half. Palace probably could have got a could have got a second in the in in the second half. I think Palace deserved the point. Second half, there was a lot of spirit, there was a lot of desire, there was a lot of hunger. 
For Spurs, you've just got to kill games off. It's as simple as that. You know, Kane, Harry Kane scored a banger from long range. Didn't don't know what the keeper's doing, but to be fair to Guaita, he made a part of me. He made a number of saves in that game to help Palace. To be fair with you. And like I said, you know, Eze looked very good. You know, I'm think technically I swear he gets the assist, or does he not? Because obviously the goal that he put the ball in. I think Loris has done it looks like Loris's error. Maybe Loris could have done better, but I think it's a, in terms of catching it and holding on to it. But I think people are doing Loris dirty. His, his views blocked, he's 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 dropped it, and Jeffrey Slops picked up and taking advantage. But you know, I think this is what this is what I'm talking about. You know, I saw two teams. Spurs looked like a team historically and in the first half. I saw spirit, desire, and hunger from Palace to get something out of the game. I see Zaha trying to think. You know, I see Eze trying. You know, the midfield men were fighting. Slop was fighting. You know, the keeper after making a, what I think was a mistake for Kane's goal, fixing up. So yeah, man, Spurs have been on a good run. It's two points dropped in the title race for them if they are in it. Um it's two points dropped because the game could have been cemented. But either way, I think all both teams deserved it. But like I said, it come, this is what I mean. One criticism of Spurs, if I was to criticise them, is that they're playing well, but they don't kill off games. There's still opportunities, you know. Kill off the game, score more goals. They allowed it, you know. It, I do think that the effort was mishandled by by Loris and ultimately that allowed Jeffrey Schlopp to score in the 81st minute. But I don't know. I just think it's a bit, I just think it's a bit harsh, man. I just think it's a bit harsh. Um, Moving away from that though, and Spurs have lost one of have only lost one of twenty one league games in which they've opened the scoring under Jose. So again, that came against Wolves in March. Um, both, you know, following the one one draw, Crystal Palace have avoided defeat in consecutive Premier League games against Spurs for the first time since twenty fourteen fifteen. Um, Spurs are unbeaten in their last nine away games in the Premier League, which is their longest run since April twenty eighteen. That is despite surrendering their lead in the second half. They go marching on. And, you know, that's probably... If you're Everton, I mean, if you're a Chelsea fan, if you're a Spurs fan, that's probably what you're happy about. Not that anybody's looking at Arsenal. We're trying to get 40 points, but you're just going to laugh at us, really and truly. And it's I know Arsenal Arsenal are not relevant to Spurs and Chelsea right now, but this is my no, another pet peeve. It's been another like late game on a Sunday where if you lot want to make ground on the top four and things, you know that, you know, United and City, both two teams that are not performing as fans would want them to, they drop points. Chelsea lost. Spurs lot drew, sorry. Try and make ground. And I say make ground, obviously not make ground. But this, what do I tell you lot about the top four? You've got to take advantage. So for me, I know the mentality is not there. Also, you know, you know that Southampton won 3-0. So you're going to need to, this is the ten most important 10 days in some of you lot's life. Some of you lot's life. You know, you might not, because of you lot, your manager that you lot always fight for, you know, Arteta might not last a week, in my opinion. You know, because of this, I don't think he'll last a week. And, you know, speaking of Southampton, people, they score goals from outside the area. They score goals from set pieces. Collectively, they're playing very well. Individually, they're playing well as well. I am shook of them on Wednesday. I am scared of Che Adams and Danny Ings and Vestergaard from set pieces and Armstrong and, and, and Bertrand down the left-hand side, Armstrong and Ward-Prowse in central areas. I'm shook. I'm shook. I'm shook of every team. I'm shook. And Southampton, based on how they played, they won 3-0. They made mince meat of Sheffield United and, again, putting pressure on Sean Dyche's men. You know, perfect performance. Obviously, 34th minute they scored. Che Adams, who's finding his feet now after taking a while to adapt to the league. And then, obviously, 
Armstrong in the 62nd before Redmond um, wrapped it up um, seven minutes from time in the 83rd, cemented a clean sheet, 3-0, and most importantly for Hassan Hutu, Hutu and his men, three points. And they can focus on, on Wednesday and go into the, for Wednesday's game full of confidence. Fulham, you know, again, heart, desire, spirit, you know, they showed a bit of spirit in their defeat to Man City. They beat Leicester. I don't think they're staying in the league, but what I see from Fulham... They're looking, these last couple of games, they're looking like a team that want to make have one hell of a goal, that are fighting for their manager, that are fighting for themselves, that are fighting for their futures. And that's for me as an Arsenal fan, I get jealous because every team in this league looks like a team, apart from Sheffield United probably, because of where they are and us. And United here and there, give or take, but I've seen United pull it out. I ain't seen my club. You know, shout out to the yard man, Bobby Reid, you know, best striker in the league. Obviously scored for Fulham before... Mohamed Salah saved their bacon. I did think it was a harsh handball, but that's the letter of the law. I don't understand how the Fabinho one isn't a penalty for Fulham. I don't. I'm sorry. I've seen them given for less. I've seen same similar incidences, and I'm sure you lot have too, and it's not been given. It's just freestyling. And I do think, you know, you're allowed to criticise referee. I mean, managers. You're allowed to criticise players, fans, fan channels. You can't get at journalism, journalists or you can't get at referees. The, the state of refereeing in general in the Premier League and also the Championship, no. I've seen better referees in the Barnet Friendly League and even that Barnet League is dodgy as well. Some of these referees, you can't take it, tell a difference. We really need to question the integrity of these referees, people, really and truly. I'm seeing woeful mistakes. Now, it's two. It's a point game for Fulham, with all due respect. It's two-point drop for Liverpool. Now, I'm sure Fulham will be looking at it like, yo, we took the lead courtesy of Bobby Reid in the 25th, so it's two points drop for us. And I guess, yeah, it is. Because what would the three points would have done? It would have been a big three points because it's Liverpool. It's three points in general. And that would have done a lot for belief, but it wasn't to be. And like I said, I think they gave a good account of themselves. But one thing I rate about Jurgen Klopp, for all the obvious, is how he responds and how his team respond to adversity. Again, it's two points dropped. But Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp, you know, have recovered more points from losing positions than any other team in the Premier League with 85 people. Liverpool are without a win in their in five away league outings, though, during their last four in a row, which is their joint winless run away from home in the Premier League under Jurgen Klopp. He also had five in March 2017. Um, having only earned four points from their opening nine league games this season, Fulham have picked up four from their last three such matches. So, you know, they've lost one, drawn one and won one. So, again... Four points from the last three games. It's all right. It's a it's a it's a canvas to build upon. Simply put, Leicester destroyed Brighton. You know, James Madison. Not too many times I've seen him get a brace. You know, they wrapped it up in the first half, and then obviously, you know, you can't mention Leicester without Jamie Vardy. They put them to the sword. What can I say in that regards? Leicester are doing what they need to do. They're unbeaten in all seven of their Premier League meetings with Brighton, drawing two and winning five. You know, Brighton have won just two of their opening 12 games in the Premier League this season and we play them soon. I wonder who's going to beat them, who's going to lose to them. You know, Leicester have scored three plus times in the first half of a Premier League game for the first time since March, since October 2019 against Southampton where they bagged five and ain't that the one Southampton got hit for a cricket score. So, yeah, man, you saw the Premier League. That's what it is, people. To recap, for this game week, you had Leeds versus West Ham. West Ham won 2-1. Villa defeated Wolves one goal to nil. Newcastle won 2-1 against West Bromwich Albion. In the Manchester United derby between Man United and Man City, it was 0-0. Everton claimed all three points as they defeated Chelsea at home a goal to nil. Southampton demolished Sheffield United 3-0. Palace and, and Spurs in a, in a London derby. You know, South versus North. 
share of the spoils. Fulham again. Fulham versus Liverpool 1-1. Leicester destroyed Brighton, as I just said, 3-0. And, you know, Arsenal let Burnley get one of their few league wins of the season. A clean sheet, a goal and three points. Something Burnley fans and Burnley as a club have this season not been able to attach themselves. So in true Arsenal fan fashion... We, def- we lose to them and we defeated a goal to nil. It is what it is in that regard. We have to hold our L. Moving away from that firmly, folks, and continuing, you know, the action is coming thick and fast. Please make sure you're, you know, you're checking my content because, again, you're probably going to get two DG podcasts this week. Well, you are already. You know, Friday we go again. Today we go sandwiched in between that. Make sure you're checking out the YouTube content, bagger live streams and other things there. But starting from tomorrow, which is Tuesday, you've got Wolves versus Chelsea. So Chelsea, again, are on the road. They've got to play Wolves at Molyneux, which isn't going to be an easy game. West Bromwich Albion, you needed to get something against Newcastle. And to be fair, football is a weird game, but West Brom travelled to Manchester City. Arsenal have Southampton at home, where I'm scared. You know, we're staring down the barrel of five league defeats potentially in a row now um, at home. You've got Leicester City against Everton. You've got Leeds against Newcastle. Brighton travel to Fulham. Ooh, tasty. I didn't... Oh, Arsenal. I'm never going to get... Arsenal are playing... Oh, Arsenal play at six. Right, are we really kicking off at six o'clock? Mad thing, isn't it? Arsenal kick off at six. You've got Liverpool versus Spurs. That's going to be a decent game. West Ham against Crystal Palace on Wednesday. You know, Thursday, you've got Aston Villa against Burnley. You've also got Manchester United travelling to Sheffield United. I wonder if Dean Henderson will play. We'll have to see what happens in that regards, people. Um, moving away firmly, firmly from that, people. And what was I going to say? I was going to, I found some random facts over the weekend that I was going to come and speak about on my podcast. Um, what was I going to say? You know, James Madison has scored his first ever Premier League brace in what was his 78th appearance in the competition. None of Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City or Man United have won in the Premier League this weekend. This is the first time they've all played and failed to win in a weekend um, since 2016 in February. Um, having only earned four points from their opening nine games, Fulham have picked up three, have picked up four from their last three appearances. Liverpool have dropped 11 points after 12 Premier League games this season. The Reds only dropped 15 in the whole of their league, well, their league, their league title campaign last year. Um, also, after only conceding five times after 12 goals, you know, Liverpool have shipped 10 goals this season. So they're not winning away from home. They're dropping points and they're conceding. And again, Liverpool are still doing well. You have to cut them the courtesy of their injuries. But again, when I'm judging, I'm judging them on their own excellence of what Jurgen Klopp and them boys have set for themselves year in, year out. They can still have a memorable season. But question marks, shout out to Bobby Reid. He has scored four goals in 11 Premier League games this season, netting in his last three in a row at Craven Cottage. Big up Bobby Reid, the best striker in the league, a yard man, Dede. But anyways, both of Jeffrey Slop's last two Premier League goals have been against Tottenham at Selhurst Park. Spurs are now only one of three sides he has scored more than one against in the competition, Burnley and Fulham. Harry Kane has become the third player within the top five European leagues this season to already reach the 15 goal mark in all competitions. You know, only Haaland and Lewandowski can say they've done more. And on that topic, yeah, I do think 
Listen, I I don't like to credit the managers when players are playing well all the time. In a sense of yes, it's it's fifty fifty. You know, when Danny Rose was doing his thing at Poch or um, with under Poch or Sterling now under under Pep, it's always quick to play praise the managers. And I get it. You know, the managers got to work with them, but you also got to praise the individuals for developing. And I think you know, I think Harry Kane. There's a lot of sensationalism around Harry Kane. You know, because he's he is evolving, he is adapting, he's getting better every year. I'm not disputing none of that. But I've always seen this from Kane since he's been playing in academy days. And I've always seen it when he's been playing for Spurs. He, the assist charts might not back it, but he's always dropped deep and mucked in. He's the perfect blend of an old school striker. He tries to play like a support striker as well. He's a, he's a classic number nine and a support man, you know. And he's going to score goals. He's going to get better. What I like about him as well, he likes responsibility, you know. There's a weight on his shoulders because if it goes wrong for Spurs, man, I'm looking at Harry Kane. He's one of our own. I do think if he was under more of an attacking player, man would be crying about, you know, the fact of he's getting all these assists and goals and saying he's developed, he's taking his game to a next level, he's improved him when we didn't think he could be improved. But because it's Jose and it's a defensive system and these things, I don't think he's being praised. I'm not saying Jose should be praised or anything. The only one for me that should get should get praised is Kane. But there was a lot of talk of, oh, Harry Kane's going to struggle. And I'm sure initially he wasn't actually bagging under Jose. But, oh, Harry Kane is going to struggle for goals under Jose. A good player will always score goals. Saying that, Bamian's not bagging. But, you know, he wouldn't score goals. He's going to hurt him and this and that. He's He's developing even more. He's scoring more goals, you know. So... I think you've got to give Jose his flowers and also with Ndombele as well. He's hard. I wouldn't say Ndombele set in the league light, but he's another attacking player that's 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 thriving of sorts, people. You know, since Jose Mourinho's first game in charge, Harry Kane has been directly involved in more goals in all competitions than any other Premier League footballer. 14 assists and 29 goals, I believe it says in brackets here. Southampton have had 23 points this season in the Premier League. Only in 2014-15 have they had more after their opening 12 matches to a campaign in the competition. They've also now scored 15 goals from outside the box in the Premier League in 2020. Six more than any other side. Gilfie Sigurdsson has scored more goals against Chelsea than he has against any other side in the competition. He scored twice against Chelsea um, for each of the, the, the three clubs he's played for. So he's bagged against Chelsea for Swansea, Spurs and Everton. Chelsea, um, with that, Chelsea have kept a clean sheet in six of their last eight games, eight meetings with Everton, losing both games in which they've conceded. So you can see a theme. As I already said, Man City failed to score in a second away game in a row. Manchester United have failed to score in three home league games this season, one more than in the whole of the 2019-20 campaign at Old Trafford. Um, El Ghazi's penalty was Aston Villa's fourth 90th minute winner in the Premier League since the start of last season, double that of any other side. Al Mourinho's goal after 19.98 seconds is Newcastle's second fastest in Premier League history. Apologies for confusing that stat earlier. Um, after Alan Shearer scored in scored after 10 sec 10.52 seconds against Manchester City in 2003, people. Away from that, apparently Peter Cech is set to play for Chelsea's development squad against Spurs in the under-23s league on Monday. Sources have told The Athletic Chelsea's technical and performance director has not played competitively since retiring after the Europa League final, but he's been training with Frank Lampard's senior club for several months, senior squad for several months and was registered, as you lot know, in October. So he really was an agent working on behalf of Chelsea and mashing up my club. Um... It's ridiculous. And on the note of players turning on, on, on Arteta, I would say, how fucking dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Some of you, nobody owes nobody nothing. 
some of you are all Arteta your lives. And I can't, I, I'm not defending Arteta because, I, you know, Arteta's made stupid decisions. You played David Luiz, not that he played yesterday. Le- you keep faith in David Luiz and William and Xhaka and Bellerin. These men are going to let you down. You're a dud for putting faith in them. But at the same time, the world, thousands and f- thousands of Arsenal fans, millions of football fans over the world have been saying, you lot are not good enough. The one man in your corner out of these millions, the one man who makes the decisions, who's risking his own reputation, that would make me want to fight for a man. That would make me, if I've played good, bad or whatever, or indifferent, I have left that pitch giving everything for that man. This is where I said these players lack desire, they lack commitment, but most importantly, Arsenal players lack integrity. Lack integrity. No loyalty, no integrity. Because Xhaka pulled you back from the wind. I'm hearing you're, you're, you're upset with Arteta's tactics and how he's utilising you. Apparently, David Luiz and him don't see eye to eye. David Luiz, he gave you a new deal. He played you. Us fans didn't want that. You know, Bellerin, you're not putting in performances. How dare any of these players turn on Arteta, regardless of the question marks? Because he's back to you lot. You lot are not backing yourselves. And all I keep hearing with Arsenal is fight off the field, rumblings off it, busts ups on training grounds. The one place you have to show fight, you're not showing it. there. there. You're not. You're not. Bunch of fucking pretenders. Pretenders. So when I'm hearing training ground fights and I'm seeing leaks and stuff, it tells me you're not together. You know, united we stand, divided we fall. You man don't stand up for each other. You like don't ride for each other. Lord knows I wouldn't want to be out on a night out in Shoreditch and I get into problems with someone and these lot of the guys I went raving with, they won't back you. Imagine they went to a nightclub. Only Tini, Gabriel, Sa- Young Saka are going to back it. You know, Jack is going to be splurting off and he's not fast enough so the Raleigh's probably going to grab him. You know, they, they're not, no one's going to back you. And that's how it should be. There should be brothers. We're brothers in arms. We're fighting together for the collective. You see your teammates maybe more times than you see your wives. You probably spend more time with your teammates than you do your wives. And you're not fighting for them. You're not fighting for them. You're not fighting for yourselves. I've got nothing more to add, people. There's nothing to talk about in the footballing world. There isn't really much topics away from football apart from, is it Quincy Proms? I can't say his name. But I saw that um, apparently he's been arrested for allegedly stabbing a family member. Make of that what you will. There's really nothing more to add, people. This is the shortest podcast. The only, only thing to talk about was the Premier League. Now, I'll be back on Friday, sandwiched in between that. You know me, YouTube, the bread and butter. You'll see hella live streams and content. Make sure you're over there. Make sure you're following me across Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and the rest of the streaming um, outlets and platforms. Also, make sure you're taking in the guy on YouTube and give me some subscribers and show me some love. On that note, though, I've really appreciated doing this podcast on an early Monday morning with you. But for now, people, DG. I'm out. It's time to get some honey and green tea and some lukewarm water. My throat is killing me. I'm out. God bless.